0: From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Congress, the people who try to influence it, and the people who cover the public policy process and politics all got together this week at the Washington Press Club Foundation's annual congressional dinner. This is one of those fun events where people actually have like a good time with one another from both political parties. Uh, Congress Members of Congress get together. They have like little stand-up routines and, uh, the, and it's sort of, sort of a lively atmosphere. Uh, it 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 seems to be a bit of a departure from some of the dark moments that we uh, seem to be uh, experiencing a lot in in Washington, and I thought that this would be an excellent opportunity to talk to one of my favorite humor writers, Alexandra Petri of the Washington Post, uh, who is able to uh, articulate the the state we find ourselves in in a way that I find refreshing, and it's great. Alexandra, welcome to Political Theater.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So we we've. Uh, you know, we talk about like how comedy and humor is a way of of just communicating the same things people are seeing, but in a, in a way that they may under that they may connect with them easier. And I feel like one of the issues that we're dealing with in Washington right now is that things will start out funny, uh, <laughs> and then they will turn quickly strange. And earlier this week, but the the day before the dinner, Sam Nunberg, a former Trump campaign aide, went on all. Every outlet that that he could find apparently on cable news, and I mean, and to tell them that he was not going to comply with a subpoena from the world's most famous G-man, Robert S. Yeah. Mueller <laughs> the third, and 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 it was kind of this amusing thing because it ha- happened right in the middle of the afternoon, and we were saying like, oh, that's cute, he thinks he can just tell Robert Mueller no, and as the day went on and he became like almost more desperate, it went from being funny to weird. Like, what were you thinking as you're seeing this out play out?
1: Well, the funny, the, I mean, to me, the funny, but. Also also just devastating part of it is that this isn't even the first time this kind of thing has happened in the Trump administration. <laughs> right. Like, you have to be like, which guy who took over the cable the, news afternoon right. and hijacked it? And had a meltdown. And it, it's just like, Donald Trump, I guess that was how he used to deal with the moments of crisis, with he'd call cable news and he'd let his feelings out over the phone. And so the people he surrounded himself with all have the same tendency. And it's just like, usually you... This is a rare recurrence where everyone sort of like back. Charlie Sheen did this thing and everyone thought, "Oh my gosh, what is this?" <laughs> the and, Tiger
0: Blood thing, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but it, just like that was sort of like it became a meme, and then everyone's like, "Oh no, there's something deeply sad under this," right. and we're actually like, you look back and you're like, "This was not like Sasha Baron Cohen doing a fun bit. This was right. a human being in like a." You know crisis ridden time, but at the same time, that, like you obviously feel sympathy for the person inside this, you have to think these are the people that the president of the United States wants to put in charge of things, like
0: right, yeah. And and I guess that's the thing, like, and humor is almost the only way to deal with some of this because it's so serious. We're talking about people who are in charge of the, of the nuclear weapons stockpile <laughs> and and uh and tariffs uh on on uh, like washing machines if you need to buy one of those sometimes, terrifying, yeah. I mean, and, and, And and like and so humor is a good way of sort of breaking the tension there and and I wonder as somebody who who's attuned to this who's thinking about this I mean like you're I mean you're a writer not just as a as an opinion writer for the post. You use your Twitter powers for good. Right? <laughs> I mean, you're one of the few who does, I think. <laughs> uh, but you, you, you put you know, the day's sort of events in a way that makes sense. And then also you're a playwright. You take the events in front of you and, and you sort of like m- try to make more sense of them. And I wonder just like at what point like do you know – where when you're approaching the line there's a there's a line that comedians are supposed to and and humor writers are supposed to cross but it seems like the line is all over the place right now
1: yeah no it's like a three dimensional figure instead of a line it's like you're not like in 2D where it's like here's a line here's the other side of the line there's this like weird sphere and you're either inside or outside the sphere it's like star trek next generation you're going through this weird vortex singularity yeah, thing yeah. everyone is like playing poker backwards you're like what <laughs> like everyone's romulan Uh, secret daughter is in charge of stuff. You're like, what's going on? This isn't the universe I'm living in. This should be something I'm watching on television and can turn off and have no real-world consequences. But the trouble is, like, back during the election, I was kind of like, I don't want to... Live under a Trump presidency, but I'd love to have a snow globe where I could watch what would happen, and that's how I feel. It's still like if this were not happening to real people, it would be an amazing spectacle.
0: Nobody would believe it. Yeah, it's, it's almost too fantastic, right? I mean, just in in seeing what we're we've seen, you know, just sort of recap some of the events of the week. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, we've had, we've had the the Stormy Daniels, who's the adult film actress. Uh, I mean, I, I that's always such a weird term, adult film, because I, I feel like I when like I watch like an adult
1: film to me sounds right. like moonlight. It's like Right.
0: Oh yes, or or like something you know by uh, you know like some sort of French auteur like that's an adult. Film. Yeah, no, uh, Battle of Algiers, so, is
1: adult film. Right,
0: yeah. but so so this adult film actress Stormy Daniels. Uh, uh, filed a lawsuit. This happened, la- you know, the evening of the dinner, the congressional dinner, where, you know, it was sort of lighting up. We were just waiting for the next sort of shoe to drop. And the and the, the closet is like, just has an infinite number of shoes <laughs> yeah. to drop. Um, and she, they're all
1: like Ivanka Trump branded. No, right.
0: Um, <laughs> or Fernand, uh Marcos, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, from, uh From a different era. but And, and she's suing the president for not, at, you know, like saying, for talking about their affair for which she was paid $130,000 in hush money, but he didn't sign the non-disclosure Agreement, so people are. And it's Which just I'm like confused.
1: Does she want to be hushed again? But I, I'm not a lawyer, I and I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, and I do think we not lawyers, like, right? In this. <laughs> My favorite thing about this part of the saga is all of the, like, journalists who've got, gotten to go to strip clubs and sit there and, like, file an expense report being like, <laughs> I sit in, like, the steamy underbelly of America, and I think of the metaphors, I watch her twirl. I've read, like, eight pieces like this, where right. it's just like, I'm sitting there, and is it all a metaphor? And, like, is it all a lie? And I also tried to expense a lap dance. Um, <laughs> and it's like, w- w- what's going on here? Like, yeah. <laughs> So I- I'm not sure, like, anyone's figured out how to approach this story yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and again, that's just one story. I mean, like one, one of my favorite lines about Gary Cohn, and you explored this a little bit in, in your uh, most recent, like sort of a blog post uh, on the Washington Post, is you have a sort of a revised resignation letter <laughs> by, by Gary Cohn. So Gary Cohn's the, the economic advisor of the president. He uh, quit, he announced that he was quitting. Uh, and, and basically, it's over the trade. He, he lost, you know, the, the argument over whether to impose tariffs on steel and aluminum. Uh, he's, a, he's a big free trade guy. So, what did you know? What, what did your piece uh, like? How, how did you approach this? Because it was, I thought, it was like sort of spot on. <laughs>
1: well, the thing was, back in right after Charlottesville, he also made it very public by sort of giving a number of interviews to outlets saying he had drafted a letter of resignation. And I thought, well, if you draft a letter of resignation after Charlottesville, you probably still have the draft sitting around somewhere. And so, how, how would you modify that now that? What you are resigning over is not the fact that the president was making moral equivalencies between white supremacists marching and chanting Jews will not replace us, where like a protester was killed when a car plowed into the crowd, but like over this tariffs thing, which I understand, like people have their priorities, and but you just would need to modify and sort of move that letter around in and, considerable ways. So yeah,
0: your piece has these strikeouts uh, yeah. of like, you know, we we can't tolerate, you know, like sort of, you know, basically cuddling Nazis. Yeah. Uh, but we like, can't
1: tolerate, moral equivocation is crossed out and scribbled in. Right. Tariffs.
0: Right, <laughs> tariffs. I mean, and the, the, I think The Onion had a great headline along the lines of, Gary Cain- Gary Cohn quits White House job after Trump makes disparaging comments about aluminum. <laughs> you know? And and it's just it's it's so it's hard to it's hard to catch up. But I think uh,
1: someone at the congressional dinner in fact had a joke where it's like I guess he grew some steel in his spine, which that yes. uh, was not bad especially given that you're grading on a congressional curve.
0: Exactly. And you know th- this was one of the things so so in there there were basically four like kind of comedy routines at at this. I mean, the the the, the dinner raises money for scholarships and for uh, you know basically like tracking a lot of the efforts of particularly women. The the Press Club Foundation grew out of the old Women's Press Club before women were, uh, were admitted to the National Press Club. Oh man! And 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 so that you know a lot of their programming is about like oral history and recognizing the accomplishments of of women journalists. Um, and then you get like you get two people uh, to to sort of warm up acts, if you will, and then mm-hmm. you got the main stage acts. So we had uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, the the House Minority Leader. I'm she, assuming she
1: was the main stage act.
0: Actually, she was not She She's was the, the warm up. V- she was one of the warm ups, ah. uh, and and she said she'll be she'll be very brief, and 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 she had a notebook that actually said one minute speech, and and she immediately joked about her magic one minute in, <laughs> in leadership time where she can speak infinitely, and then Steve Scalise the, the mm-hmm. House Majority Whip uh, was there, and, and you know, he, there was a little bit of added gravity because you know, he survived a yeah. horrific shooting last year. I do notice that CNN is here. Uh, I really want to personally thank CNN for my speedy recovery. Uh, you may not know this, my doctors were truly amazed at how fast I was able to recover. Of course, when CNN is the only channel available at the hospital, it's amazing <laughs> how quickly you'll be able to recover and get back to work. So thank you for that motivation. You know, a lot of people ask me if I want to go back in time, you know, before that day in June. And I tell them I don't have to, I just can turn on Fox News and it's like going back to 2016 <laughs> again. I think we're still looking for Hillary's emails right now. And then they got to Ileana Roslettenen, a Republican congresswoman from Miami area in, in Florida uh, and, and retiring, She's so we were, so, we're yeah. waiting for her to like kind of <laughs> let loose, Come yolo. Her show. Before it became
1: popular. I announced my retirement from Congress. It's really the first time that I've been accused of being a trendsetter. Republicans haven't deserted something this fast since Jeb Bush ran for president. (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. As if she needed more encouragement to come out of her shell. Um, and then Chris Coons, the, the you know, the, the um, senator from Democratic senator from Delaware. And I thought um, it was interesting the way each person approached their humor. I mean, that I mean, Pelosi seems to acknowledge that she can be a lightning rod.
1: Donald Trump is actually a teetotaler. He doesn't drink. Which is funny, because he sure seems to like his white Russians. <laughs> <laughs> you, may, you have may have heard that I'm going to be a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> right? I've got to say it was a lot of fun to see the look of panic in Mitch McConnell's eyes when I told him I was being named a judge.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> And Scalise had a, a couple of comments that were, seemed to rub her a little bit the wrong way. I mean, he, he said, like, I, I really want to apologize for leaving so many crumbs all over the place. Uh, a reference to her, the, her, her crumbs. Crumbs. Right. That that The tax break that, that the Republicans pushed were, was, was nothing but crumbs. And then the moment where – and that was like – you know, people thought it was funny in the room. Uh, and Pelosi cringed a little bit. And then there was this moment where Ileana Ra is letting uh, talked about Nancy Pelosi's appearance, uh. and then that that just did not go over well. So, I mean, there's this you know th- this thought that Nancy Pelosi perhaps uses Botox or something like that to keep her face looking fresh, uh, being a, a woman in, in her 70s, and uh, it it really. Uh, it, it was like Ros yeah. Lettinen seemed to know that she had crossed a line there and it was a little brutal. Um, and, yeah, and I like, wonder how do you like, know- that's
1: like a Donald that's a joke Donald Trump would make. Right. <laughs> no, and and but-
0: and yeah. And, and I'm wondering, like, how so how do you what do you, do you do these lines have to be crossed to know that there are boundaries?
1: Well, I feel like every joke sort of there's something you're laughing at. And you have to figure, like, I think in the, in the Crumbs case, that's sort of an interesting example because his it's premise politics, is like, it's, right. it's a funny, like, he's making fun of her for like saying this thing, which I guess right. he thought was hyperbole. I, right. There's nothing funnier than taking a joke apart and being like, here's probably what the mechanics of it were. But right. so whenever you make a joke, you're expecting that people will recognize something that you're saying and laugh at it. And so, uh, so sort of like, I guess the, the premise is like, oh, like. Plastic surgery, ha ha ha, women, right. and, and it's like,
0: uh, <laughs> womp 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 womp. You know, it was like, whoa. You know, it really was this sort of chilling moment. And then she went on, you know, and and kind of recovered, and the and the room recovered too. But it was this, it was this moment where you felt that there was a line that was crossed. You know, and yeah. and, and I and I, I mean, I guess this just happened.
1: You no, know, it's good mm-hmm. to know that the lines are still there because there was sort of back in the day. I'm back in the remote wasteland that was known as, like, 2014. <laughs> there, this would have been maybe a—the whole week would have been people saying, right. oh, my God, can you believe it? Thank heavens she's retiring. Right. And But now it's just, like, every day the president is saying something. But right. I'm glad to know that, like, there was still that silence in the room and people weren't just like, I've seen worse things like this before noon.
0: Right. Every day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I mean, kind of summarizing here, I mean, we've 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 talked a lot about, like, crossing lines and, and the, the sort of the dilemma that somebody who who uses humor to communicate points, like, faces. How do we know when we're approaching those lines? And from your perspective, how do you make a decision about whether you're going to, like, get really close to that line or cross it or just, like, find another topic?
1: <laughs> well, I think that, that is a constant struggle for everyone because there's also, separate from the question of if something's going on and you're describing it, are you normalizing it or are you just allowing people to sort of laugh at something that's really happening there is the question of like what can you laugh at and i think i mean at the risk of being that to try to give a serious answer to a question about humor which is always a dangerous proposition right. <laughs> uh i think it depends what you're laughing at and i know there's the old sort of rule of like punch try not to punch down and i think that i i don't always succeed but i hope i apply that and if you're thinking about like what's the premise that you're expecting people to laugh at when you're saying this thing because there's all this whole myth sort of like there's no humor on the right and the answer is no there is humor on the right just the things that they're joking about when you're reading it from a different perspective you're like that's not funny that's not funny and so it's a question of like what are you saying is funny in this situation and so I would like to joke that I've become like a humorless scold ever since becoming a professional <laughs> humor columnist. I'm just like, why are we laughing? We shouldn't be laughing. We should all be rending our garments. But I think, uh, hopefully, I- I'm joking so we can, in in the hopes of reminding people what you should be laughing at, as opposed to just... Because I hate when you go in there guns blazing and you're like, I can make jokes about everything. Right. Nothing's off limits. It's like, no, you, like the joke is to be like, this is ridiculous. This is not ridiculous. Like, let's protect the non-ridiculous thing.
0: I think I think that that's I mean, that's the perfect way to end this, because I, I mean that it, it is. a It's like a process yeah. of, of like and we and we have a lot of things to sift through. And it is a good thing to keep in mind about the whole punching up, punching down, and also just saying, like, this is, like, an example of, of something that's kind of absurd and ridiculous.
1: Yeah. No, but it's a constant struggle given that... You can just walk out and say, Hey, look at Donald Trump and everyone's like, ha 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 Right.
0: You just turn on cable news, right? That's humorous enough. I mean it's like, well, I don't know. Like let's let's try to make let's try to make sense of it in some way possible. Right. Yeah,
1: it's like who's the joke on? Is it on us? <laughs>
0: Thank you for coming in and talking about this stuff. Because it is you're right, dissecting humor <laughs> is not always the easiest thing to do. I mean sometimes it's just easier to be funny. And I would encourage uh, people to follow you on Twitter. Yeah. Or uh, you will and...
1: notice me being a humorless skull. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: um... And and also to follow you on, on, on your blog post. And and particularly, you know, for for those uh, who still get the Saturday paper, that's Mm -hmm. that's your spot. I'm uh, in in a physical
1: newsprint edition. (laughs) You can get like the little black inky stuff on your fingers.
0: Love it. Thanks so much, Alexandra, for coming on Political Theater. Thank you. I'm Jason Dick. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please take a little time and rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall.